0: for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I cannot believe that it is a Friday today This week has gone by way too fast, and I truly, honestly believe that the relatability classes that the Democrats take before every election, trying to be able to relate to the common folk, (laughs) remember those? I don't think it's working. I really don't think it's working. They make a news story that's a headline for the Wall Street Journal that is the obvious... On so many different levels. I want to get into that. What's the latest going on with the Census Bureau? The numbers have finally been reported. Where are we seeing growth? Where are we seeing the decline? And where are we seeing, according to the mainstream media, diversity? Because that's the cool new thing. Is- Diversity. So we'll get to all that here in just a minute as well. Plus, now we have jobs, more businesses and companies mandating you to get the COVID-19 vaccine in order for you to remain employed there. And more jobs are posting up all over the country to where it's a mandate and a requirement in order for you to actually hire or even apply to there as a stipulation to get hired with the company is it right or is it not i want to get into some of that today as well we'll have some fun today it's a friday broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in wichita kansas on our flagship radio station all over the country on radio tv live streaming and podcasting wherever you may be your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day and today is an awesome day because it is a friday so hopefully you get ready for the weekend coming up bottom of the hour super excited to have this guest on the program uh drew allen host of the drew allen podcast you can find him online drew thomas allen.com you can find all his writings for the new american you can find his uh, podcast you can find all the great information and uh, there's a lot i want to get in to talk with with him as he's out in the great old state of california so uh, we'll touch with him uh, touch base with him here for the last half hour of the program getting you set for your weekend well first off let's start off with this because why the heck not the Census Bureau numbers have officially been released. Now, as uh, most of you know, most state legislatures are going around their own states, wherever you may be, and talking to different people, getting set to do redistricting, which is always a concern for gerrymandering and where the district lines are going to be drawn. And based on population here in the state of Kansas, where I'm at, we grew by like 80,000 people, but most of it was in metropolitan areas. So now we're going to see a shift in our state legislature for being semi-conservative to less conservative because... We're going to win more seats in blue areas that are more populated city areas. That's just normal, unfortunately. That's the way it goes. And it's not just Kansas. Nebraska's done the same thing. Oklahoma's done the same thing. Missouri's done the same thing. Arkansas's done the same thing. Ohio's essentially done. I mean, every state that I've looked at, at least so far, most states are in that same boat where the rural communities are losing population a little bit and the larger populated areas are growing in population. So we're slowly but surely migrating into the more populous regions, which. Can be okay, because obviously if we're conservatives moving into those areas, maybe we can have a little bit more of a stronghold in those areas, much needed. At the same time, that could be potentially very bad because that that right or that lifestyle of living in the rural communities all over the country is dwindling. It's harder to survive out there. It's harder to get access to certain things that you need to survive and stay up with the times and be efficient with the business that you may or may not run. It's just difficult As we do that, now here's the part where Democrats just don't get it. It goes over their head every time. They try to be they really do. They try their hardest to be relatable, and it doesn't work. They try to sound like they're for the common folk. They try to say we're the blue party. We're for the unions. We're for the labor workers. We're for the blue collar worker. We're for the we're for the good old boy. They tried to use that before. It's never been really true. They've tried to use it now, and obviously it's not true because now they're all about the socialism to just give people things to try and win them over as opposed to allowing them the opportunity to succeed. And the fact that blue-collar workers voted for Donald Trump and majoritively Republicans all over the nation in the last couple elections. So that's been kind of fun. But now they're trying to look relatable, but yet trying to maybe scare, which I, I don't know why it would be scary. They're trying to make it sound like because they truly honestly believe the garbage that they spew out, meaning Republicans are racist and Donald Trump's a fascist and Republicans are just white supremacists that cling to their guns and Bibles. The Democrats, I I think, 100 percent believe in the rhetoric because sometimes you wonder, do you just say things to say things to be like the shock jock that's not on the radio, but just says things to try and get your attention? Or do you honestly believe the garbage that you spew? because I always kind of go back and forth with Democrats sometimes with some of the outlandish comments that they actually make. But I think they truly mean it. Here's the headline that I saw from the Wall Street Journal. Where is America diversifying the fastest in small-town America? I know. I know. Now... We know this and we've talked about illegal immigration for a long time with illegals coming in and where are we putting them? We're putting them in rural communities so that way we can start changing the dynamic of the voting system there because we want to try and get rid of those strongholds that conservatives and Republicans have from illegal aliens. That's part of it as the populations are changing just a little bit and the mindset's changing. But then they tried to, uh, the media's loving the fact that the evil white person in the country is no longer growing at a rate to be able to stay as the quote-unquote majority in the country. Why they're so fascinated and obsessed with identity politics, I'll I'll never know, because it truly, honestly, is the lowest common denominator of IQ level in order for discussion. I don't care about identity politics. You don't care about identity politics. We We just don't care. We don't care. But here's what the Wall Street Journal says. as They break down the latest from the U.S. Census Bureau. One in seven residents in Columbus, Indiana, which is, by the way, where Mike Pence is from, a city of about 50,000 people was born outside the United States. One in seven out of that 50,000 population. Public school students collectively speak more than 50 different languages and dialects at home. Roughly three dozen foreign companies operate in the area. This is the story from the Wall Street Journal. A 45-minute drive south of Indianapolis, the manufacturing and transportation hub set in the middle of sprawling farmland is emblematic of how the nation's growing ethnic and racial diversity building for decades in coastal cities and other immigration hubs is gaining in new areas across the U.S. For the first detailed data release of the 2020 census that came out yesterday showed that non-Hispanic white population declined for the first time in the nation's history as a growing number of Hispanics and Asians pushed their share of residents who identify as a minority to roughly four out of every 10 individuals. Again, this is important, I guess for some individuals somehow, I don't understand or know why, but apparently it is. The changes are most apparent in pockets of the Midwest and Northern Great Plains states, which diversified at a faster rate than the rest of the nation during the past decade, according to the study. Now, The point of it is, and as they go along, they try to talk about the diversifying of ideas, the diversifying of culture. I don't know if you're aware of this, progressives who try to hype up. You're like, hey, guess what, white guy who thinks you're privileged, you're not going to be in the majority anymore. I don't know if you're aware or not. Down in middle America, in rural country America, all over the nation, from the East Coast to the West Coast and everything in between, in small-town USA, we don't care what your background actually is. I know, I know that's true. I know that's true. We don't care. We have quote unquote mixed families of white people and black people, white people and brown people, white people and Asian people, black people and brown people, whatever. Doesn't matter. We have mixed culture. In small towns, we don't think about racism based on your skin color. I know. I know. We just don't care. Because in a small town of three, four hundred, five hundred thousand people, when you have a hundred people, a hundred kids in each grade in the, in the school district, that was about mine. That was a little high, actually. I think my graduating class was like, I guess it was like 112 students. We had like a total of 400 students in the entire high school, freshman through senior. Uh, you knew everybody and everybody was mixed. Everybody had their own ethnic background. Nobody cared because every family knew everybody. That's small town America. This has been going on for a while. I don't know why this is something new. But to the Democrats, to the progressives, to the elites that live up on top there and look down across the small-town America, and they look at them, oh, they're a truck driver. They must be a Republican that's uneducated. I'm going to sip my tea now. And I love tea. I'm just joking for a second. You get what I'm getting at here. Oh, look at small-town America. He works at the local co-op. Oh, look at them. They work at the local bank. How cute they actually are. Those type of people that live on the, you know, I'm not knocking anybody here because obviously people that live in the big city, they are successful in their way because they can survive and pay those types of rent and living expenses and so on and so forth. I don't really care. But the ones that look down upon quote unquote middle America when they're trying to win over those votes and relate to those individuals, you just don't get us. You just don't get us, because it's not about skin color in any way, shape, or form. It is people that are just trying to make a living and go about their day and have community. That's one thing that most people enjoy about Small Town USA is the community. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody's there to help out everybody. There's like the community cool parents where all the kids want to go to and play you know, at their house and do the swimming pool or do this or do that. There's the one parents that always like to be like the baseball coach in town because they, you know, want to help out the kids. There's the ones that are like, you know, they whatever. It's a community. We don't care about your diversity. We don't care about your looking at skin color and your identity politics. It's been going on forever because everybody's a human being just trying to live. It's to them, the scholars, the the academics up at the top that look at it and be like, wow, What a fascinating science experiment. It's kind of like going to the zoo for them. They look into the cage and they're like, wow, that's kind of fascinating in there. I've never seen them co-mingle before like that. When you hear the media trying to talk about identity politics and racism, the Black Lives Matter, and all this other garbage in the nation as well, they try to talk, oh, look, a racial tensions are at an all-time high. Where are the racial tensions at? They're in big cities where you've already segregated yourself. Oh, that's the inner city black neighborhood. Oh, that's the Hispanic neighborhood. Oh, that's the white suburban neighborhood with a bunch of privileged, rich jerks. I mean, that's how they classify themselves. In rural America, when you have 200 people in a town, you don't have that. It doesn't work that way. Everybody co-mingles amongst themselves because we just don't care. You've created a narrative for yourself, and then you're shocked and awed when people don't live by that narrative outside of your own little bubble. Which goes back to the idea that Democrats have a really hard time trying to adapt and trying to relate to the common folk and that blue-collar worker. And if you are one of those blue-collar workers, the truck driver or the farmer or the person that works at the small-town you know, grocery store or the small-town co-op or whatever you work at, wherever in this nation, if you are one of those, stop buying into their garbage. And for God's sake, please stop voting Democrat because they're trying to relate to you and they think they're better than you. They know they're better than you. While well, you just go on and vote for them because well, they have my best interest in mind. <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. Conservatism where we don't look at those and they can live their life however they want to. You live your life however we want to. Doesn't really matter. One of these days I'm going to get a multi-million dollar radio contract. That's my dream. I'm going to manifest it. Going to make it happen. I'm going to work hard to make this happen. We're going to do this thing. I'm going to have millions of dollars. Let's just say, for example, I'm going to buy this big mansion. It's going to be great. And I'm going to buy all these cars. Well, I'm not a big car person, so I don't know what I'll actually, maybe it'll be tattoos or something. I don't know. I'm going to buy all this stuff. But then all of a sudden, when you get to that quote unquote class, so many look down and be like, oh, those people down there, that's kind of funny. Look how they live their life. They like, mingle amongst each other they marry each other without even talking about cultural differences or identity politics oh how fascinating jeeves more tea please and again that's not a knock on that culture because obviously if you've made it that far congratulations you're successful but when they're judgy against others because they think they're better and now all of a sudden it's a shock and all look at that minorities moving to rural america and they're diverse that's the most diverse haha look at that republicans that are you know in those rural communities Your diversity is getting mixed up and you don't have your white purism anymore. This is the delusion that so many progressives live under and it's kind of funny to watch. The
1: Voice of Reason
0: with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. at who's republic
1: you're listening to the voice of reason
0: With Andy Out of everything from the U.S. Census Bureau, really the only thing we need to take away from this is trying to track some of the income levels, whether it's gone up, whether it's gone down, whether it's really changed compared to some of the other ones over a 10-year period. We do need to be concerned about where the population is going, not what the population is, because, again, is people like conservatives who actually don't care about identity politics and base people on character rather than based on um, skin color or sexual orientation or identity politics in some way, shape, or form. Uh, we look at the trends on where the population's going because we have a battle on our hands coming up here soon. It's the population moving to the urban areas into the larger city areas. That means we have a bigger battle on our hands within cities and larger towns across the nation where we have to debate on policy to try and preserve the conservative way of life of individual liberty. Because as you know, with bigger populated areas now becomes the bigger issue with school boards taking more of your property tax money because they need more things. Apparently, if you're on the rural community, you could do the school out in a barn and nobody really cares because as long as they get the proper education, then everything's hunky dory. At least that's the way it should be, or it used to be. Nowadays, in the urban areas, ah, we have a school building that's like ten years old. We need five million dollars to build a brand new school, or else the kids will never get the proper education. All right, let's go do a let's go into a bond, and we'll do that, and it'll be like five years, and it'll be all done. Oh well, you know, after the five years, we can't really lose that money, so we just need to keep it going. Welcome to the inner city. Welcome to the larger communities. Those are the issues that they have to debate now. So it makes it difficult for conservatives, along with other things. That's just an example. We have a bigger difficulty, uh, a bigger challenge to try and fight for conservative principles with the population moving to more populated areas as opposed to rural community living uh, and they do that on intention. I mean it's more expensive to get certain items out there gas is usually higher groceries are usually higher farmers markets are starting to dwindle although that's kind of an awesome idea as well uh, they make it difficult to get rural broadband to actually have access to do certain things to be able to compete and have the same exposure as everybody else it's difficult to actually get enough consumers to stay viable and actually stay so it's very difficult we get it we understand that Everybody's moving inward to the cities. I don't know if that's a trend that we can actually stop. What we need to do is be aware of that and know and have the proper tools to be able to fight it by advancing conservatism in unpopular areas. That's where Donald Trump, I think, started the movement. That's where I think we need to continue the movement is to advance conservative principles, lack of identity politics. I don't care what skin color you are. I don't care what philosophy you have. I don't care what you do. Uh, for a living, you are a valuable individual and you have the opportunity under the great American dream with the streets paved with gold and opportunity for everyone. You have that opportunity to do anything that you want to do. Follow the laws, don't break the laws. As in, like, don't violate someone's right to life, liberty, or pursuit of happiness, right? Life, liberty, or private property. Do anything you want to outside of those things, which means don't rob someone of their private property. Don't kill somebody with the right to life. Don't uh, harm somebody with their, uh, with their liberties and impose ridiculous taxes or regulations to say, you have this right, you just have to pay us in order for you to do that. You get rid of those sorts of things, live your life, do whatever you want to. It's kind of a great system, isn't it? But we need to track this because it's harder to fight those battles in those more populated. That's, to me, that's the only thing that piques my mind with the Census Bureau. Income a little bit to kind of track the economy, but that's just about it. It's just a little teaser. We don't have time to really go into this right now. Uh, we'll have Drew Allen on the show in just a few minutes after the bottom of the hour. But job postings, according to the Wall Street Journal, again, job postings are now requiring COVID-19 vaccinations... As more jobs post across the nation, but now you got to get that stick in order to get it. Is this going to lead to legal issues? Now, uh, I guess if you haven't been hired there yet and now it's a stipulation walking into it, you know, and you know whether you want to actually apply for the job or not. But are we going to get to the point to where we're going to be pigeonholed to where you either have to get it or you can't get a job? because too many jobs are actually advocating for it there's no other jobs that are not allowing you to do so that you're qualified for and now for you either make an income by getting the vaccine or you go without an income kind of a concerning fact we'll talk about some of that today and maybe next week if we have to a little bit as well it's the voice reason on a friday stay here reason with andy hoosier When Reason
1: Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy
0: Hoosier. Turn right you are. 35 minutes past the hour. Last half hour of the show for a Friday. It goes by way too fast. I don't care what any other radio host says. We are by far the fastest hour of radio on radio. Plus the live streaming, plus the TV, plus the podcasting all over the country. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag right here on the show i don't want to waste any time super excited to have our next guest back on the program we love getting him on we've had him on many times before as we continue to talk about the latest and what's trending what's trending today as he is host of the drew allen show podcast out based in california which uh battling that battle each and every day i don't know how you guys do it out there but we appreciate it you can find his website drew allen.com drew how are you my friend
1: Oh, I'm doing well. I, you know, we were talking just before the break. You know, I've been listening to you, and and you know, this this country is lucky to have you, Andy.
0: Well, I appreciate that. You as well. It's 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 a fight we have to have and really bring common sense back into these discussions because we get so compartmentalized of in us versus them mentality, the identity politics they love to bring with like this U.S. Census thing and this this. It's weird seeing the, I guess the elites, the top one percent, top half percent, whatever you want to do, these ruling class that just that look down on. Middle America, the rural communities, and they're just like, "Wow, this is such a fascinating thing to us." When this has been going on forever, we don't care about the identity politics. We don't care about a minority coming in or an immigrant coming into a certain community and trying to live their life and and do their thing. But to them, it's mind-boggling because they're so obsessed with this type of living.
1: Yeah, they are. They are, of course, they are. I mean, it's right out of Sawalinsky's rules for radicals, and. Um, you know, the thing that, that conservatives have to understand too is that our credentials don't matter to the left either. You know, you got you know, you've got people like Ted Cruz who went to Princeton, brilliant, went to the same school that all these leftists come out of. But it doesn't matter that he went to Princeton, right? I mean, he doesn't think like they do, so he's just, you know, excluded from the club. He's not smart, he's stupid, et cetera. <laughs> and that's how it goes for us. And so we can't we can't fight that battle either. Credentials don't matter.
0: Yeah, we can never win, uh, and we are t- again talking off the air just a bit. We could. I've read a story a couple of years ago about how you know the majority of Republicans are you know either truck drivers or blue collar workers don't have a higher degree, so therefore they just don't understand the concept of like quantitative easing, where we could just print money and inflate the economy and think that it's going to be successful. You know, lower common folk just don't understand those. But then, like you mentioned, even when we do have a degree, it doesn't matter. So they like to play it just whatever's more convenient for them at the time. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I made this point the other day on on the show I was on where I was uh, debating and it was three versus one, me being the lone freedom lover <laughs> representing the Constitution and and, uh, and Americans. But, um, you know, I brought up this point. They, they talked about, you know, they they called me uh, anti-intellectual um, because, you know, I haven't been vaccinated and I'm not calling for mandatory vaccination because I believe mm-hmm. in freedom. But, you know, I brought up the point that, you know, it's amazing. You, you say that out of your mouth. But, you know, these same gods you worship, a.k.a uh tony fauci um you know he's the one who went on a campaign to say that those frontline doctors were all credentialed who are all medical doctors who all had degrees who came out early on in the pandemic and said that hydroxychloroquine worked as an effective means of treating uh covid yeah. and then of course fauci and all these people were proven wrong because we know now that hydroxychloroquine and zinc um can save your life by up to three times if you get those treatments and so they have you know you know, pie in their face. And yet they still look to these same liars. So it doesn't matter. You know, if you're a doctor, if you don't say what they agree with, you're not a doctor.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that, because that's the biggest discussion we're having right now. And I was on social media today just getting bombarded by a few individuals that love to be the, oh, you don't get vaccinated. So therefore you don't care about humanity sort of thing. Um, That bubble's beginning to burst for that side, because whether people get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine, I don't care. Like you mentioned, it's personal choice. You can choose to do so. I'm not going to be getting the vaccine. The more they ram it down my throat, the more I'm going to uh, fight that off. But now the headline is is a a lot of jobs that are posting are trying to uh, post job availability, but mandate the vaccine in order to get the job. Now we're having discussions of businesses that are going to be mandating the vaccine for their current employees, which personally I think is a breach of employment contract, because it was not my contract before to show you my medical records, nor to actually get an injection. I don't think I need to do that. Now, is this going to be the future discussion? And are we seeing a potential resegregation of society based on vaccines and mask mandates?
1: Well, of course we are. Honestly, uh, we have reverted back to a pre-1964 culture. And, of course, 1964 being the passage of the first Civil Rights Act, right, which gave Americans, I mean, black Americans in this country, uh, their unalienable rights. And I wrote a piece for American Thinker several weeks ago. I'm always ahead of the curve here, Andy. And, uh, you know, I, I said, unvaxxed are the new Blacks," And, in fact, many of the blacks happen to be unvaxxed as well. <laughs> and so this is the same situation. I mean, if you're living in San Francisco now or New York City and many of these other places that are going through with this, You know, you can't enjoy freedom unless you're vaccinated. And so, what are they going to do in these places where uh, the African African American community, for example, is not vaccinated? They're going to, well, prevent them from being able to enter restaurants and and prevent them from being able to engage in society. And so, this is discrimination, absolutely. And it's peddled on a lie. People die and they get sick. I'm sorry to say it. I've had, I know, you know, I had two relatives die from cancer this year. And I know the, the left, they're dumb, and they'll say, oh, but that's not, you know, airborne. Well, the flu is airborne, and we lost 61,000 people to that in 2017, 2018 alone. But nobody batted an eye because, before, you know, here's what I say, Andy. In our new era, we have uh, BC and AC. That's before COVID and after COVID. I know we can't say before Christ and after Christ anymore. <laughs> that's, that's, that's verboten. But, you know, we, before COVID, we accepted our mortality. And after COVID, we act like death and disease didn't plague this. Uh, this race of humankind uh, until March of 2020. And it's so beyond the pale. This fear is astounding. And I live in California, of course, and my experience is probably vastly different than other people in this country, but those same mandates and things and the businesses are complicit in this. And they are as vile and evil as those in government who are propo- proponents of it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say, I mean, you're right in the be- in the belly of the beast, per se, with California trying to mandate this, even with many private businesses wanting to do this. But you're absolutely right. The the, the part that boggles my mind is they're still advocating for this. We're seeing universities trying to mandate it for students right now. We're seeing schools, uh, public schools, K-12 all over the country, trying to mandate it for kids 12 and up because that's what it's been approved for for children. Um, And and now we're trying to do the segregation based on vaccination status or not. But that argument crumbles when we realize, and the science is starting to back the fact that the vaccine does not stop you from getting the virus. The only thing it does is potentially lower the severity once you get the virus, but you can still contract it and you can still spread it. So saying that if you don't get it, then you're killing other people by spreading it around. That's not true because just as many vaccinated people are actually spreading the virus and getting the virus. It just comes down to your own personal health of how you want to try and stop severity of the case by either getting the vaccine or doing health regimens of certain diets and vitamins and exercise and so on and so forth. It's a personal thing. Now, The science is starting to prove this. How do we get through these guys' minds that now we're segregating on an unnecessary level of vaccines when that's not going to help anything one way or the other?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, on an individual level, that's kind of all we have power over. I mean, you have a little bit of a bigger microphone than other people, as do I. But, you know, this is about talking to your neighbors about how sick and insidious this is. And, And to your point, though, Uh, it's insane to begin with, because, you know, they keep, of course, moving the goalposts, right? You know, first it was 15 days to slow the spread. And where I live, it became over a year. And now we have vaccines. They said, oh, now we just got to get the vaccines. Now we have the vaccines. People are vaccinated. They said, you can take your masks off. And now if you're vaccinated, you have to wear a mask in California. Everyone has to wear a mask again. I mean, it doesn't change. But if you look at, you know, if you look at countries where, you know, they're kind of the gold standard of what these liberals and Republican elites who are pro-vaccine mandates are saying we need to, you know, become an America. Well, you have Israel, for example, and other countries as well. But in Israel, you have a a, a near 90 percent vaccinated uh, adult population. Yeah. OK, that's what they say purport that America needs to become. And yet, of course, they have skyrocketing cases, hospitalizations. And the liberals, of course, they're so stupid. They say, well, of course, you know, if you have a 100 percent vaccinated population, of course, all the cases are going to be with the vaccinated I mean, these guys are literally stupid and brain dead. I mean, we're living in
0: the dark ages, Andy. We are. It's sad, and we don't even accept science. I mean, we saw the story in Massachusetts. 74% of new cases there were breakthrough cases with individuals that were vaccinated. Israel now, 80% vaccinated in their country. We're seeing skyrocketing cases all over the place. The virus is spreading to people even with a vaccine, whether you have it or not. It's irrelevant on whether it's actually going to spread because we have to admit I know it's a shocker for some. It's an airborne virus that's going to be around. And now the headline, even on Drudge, is the fact that with so many variants that are immune to the vaccine, it's not going to do anything. So trying to divide ourselves based on vaccination status or not is more of a power control and a lack of science than it is actual common sense. We're talking with Drew Allen, host of the Drew Allen Show podcast. You can find him online, DrewThomasAllen.com. we got just about a minute before we have to take a break here, but... Are we, here's the big question, are we going to wake up to this, or is it going to take some time for the progressives to realize they're starting to lose grip on the power that they once had over the last year?
1: Well, I don't think there's anything we can do in terms of changing the minds of the liberal elite in this country, because everything that's happening, as you mentioned earlier in your own program here today, you know, it's by design. And so, but the problem, the problem in this country isn't the politicians and unelected bureaucrats, it's the American citizen. It's yeah. these businesses that are going along with this. I mean, you know, they have, we, it was lawful to, to forbid black Americans to come and die in white-only establishments. And so, you know, the problem was uh, uh, amoral men in society as well who said, okay, well, that's the law of the land, so we're going to do it. If you're black, you can't come in here. And so that's what we have to overcome.
0: Yeah, it's going to be crazy. A uh, question online, is it legal to fire an employee for not having the vaccine? That's going to be the bait, and we're going to see lawsuits all over the country when businesses begin to mandate that. For someone with a contract that says you're you're a janitor making 15 bucks an hour and this is your job, you've never had to show your medical records before, now you need to get the vaccine or we're going to fire you. Uh, some say that it's legal. I think that's a breach of contract personally for an employee, but that's going to create some litigation for wrongful firing, and it's going to go up and – I think we're going to see some lawsuits going up across the nation. We'll take a break. We'll talk with Drew Allen more when we come back here. We'll shift gears a little bit as we continue to talk about the economy, jobs, vaccines, COVID, the uh, looking down upon from the progressives as we wrap up here on a Friday. It's The Voice of Reason on a Friday. Lots more coming up. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
1: You're listening to the Voice of Reason
0: with Andy Hoosier. Last few minutes here on the program. Welcome in radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting all over the country. We got some more radio stations about to jump on in uh, a little bit as well. That's pretty cool. More information coming up on that one. You can find us on our social media on the uh, with the handle at Hoosier Reason. That's on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, twitch.tv. Instagram, TikTok, OurFreedomBook.com, all of it at Reason, H-O-O-S-E-R, Reason. Also on the website at HoosierReason.com. Our guest right now, Drew Allen, love having this guy on, the host of the Drew Allen Show podcast. You can find him at DrewThomasAllen.com, also on the social media with that hashtag as well. Drew, let's talk about real quickly. I got to get your thoughts on this budget, this infrastructure bill we saw the, uh, t- uh, what was it, the 19 Republicans that voted for the infrastructure in the Senate uh, thinking they're working in a bipartisan manner. We're singing kumbaya, this trillion-dollar thing for infrastructure. It's going to be all great. It's going to be great for the country. We're going to do, like, these green initiatives and everything. It's going to be awesome. It uh, goes to the House. Nancy Pelosi says, that's nice, but we're not even going to look at it until you pass the $3.5 trillion budget without even looking at that one. And then we'll take up both of them because we're going to hold this hostage until you pass this three and a half trillion dollar budget that does, you know, expansion of social programs and an expansion of Obamacare and expansion of Medicare and Medicaid. Um, I guess we could have seen that one coming, but again, Republicans seem a little short sighted, don't they?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I I keep thinking about something, Andy, and that's this Um, I I, I like the Democrats more than these uh, rhinos because At least with the Democrats, uh, we know that they want to stab us. (laughs) Uh, With the Republicans, they whisper sweet nothings in our ear. And then at the opportune moment, they stab us in the back. These 19 Republicans I am calling the turncoat Republicans, and they're no better than the redcoats and Benedict Arnolds during the American Revolution. And it's really sick because you mentioned something important. And that is that, one, yes, these Democrats are holding the nation hostage, every American hostage, to their their will. But, you know, Nancy Pelosi signaled long before this vote that this was always going to be attached to this $3.5 billion uh, bill that would, of course, be passed via reconciliation. Uh, you know, of course, that's the bill they can do once a year. They attach to the budget. Um, and. These Republicans, despite even knowing that she wasn't going to send this bill to the president, well, full president's desk, um, without that reconciliation bill that was $3.5 trillion, they still went along with this, And that should tell you everything we need to know. And that's what's so frightening about this country right now. You know, the Republican Party, for all intents and purposes, is our only peaceful political defense against this Marxist push to radically transform this country into a pre-1776 mentality in which our rights come from the government rather than our creator. Yeah. And these 19 republicans are disgusting and reprehensible.
0: Yeah, I mean they they as you mentioned they definitely talk the talk when it comes to conservatism. Then they end up turning around, Mitch McConnell being the front of that. And he did some good during the Trump administration, trying to stand up for what was needed at some point. But at the end of the day, he's had a long history of trying to play Mr. Conservative and then just walking away with the middle of the road and the rhinos. And it's unfortunate. And we're slowly weeding some of them out. We've gotten better at it. But right now, we're at the point where I think Republicans are fired up. We see more candidates jumping into elections all over the country at a faster rate than ever before. Because we're done. We saw what happened to Trump. We saw what happened to conservatism. We saw what happened to, you know, even the the, the rhinos that that attack Trump supporters within the Republican Party after 98% of the Republican Party said they still support Trump. uh, It shows that there's such a divide. We need to clean our act up because right now Republicans are our own worst enemy. We could stop so much of this if we would just work together to beat the real enemy, which is liberal progressive values in the Democrat Party, as opposed to just fighting and bickering within.
1: Yeah, yeah. And these rhinos, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I I get it. I'm not often at a loss for words, but sometimes (laughs) it happens when I talk about them. Because, um, you know, the the, the Democrats, for example, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrat Party, uh, they don't care if they're in the minority. They'll use everything they can to win. They play to win. And the Republicans, I mean, look, we have all these state legislatures in red states that we actually own in this country, and we can't even get them to defend America.
0: It never ends. The battle continues, but I think we're on the right track as long as we continue to expose it. I know you're doing it. We appreciate that. Drew Allen, The Drew Allen Show podcast. You can find him online, drewthomasallen.com, also on the social media as well. Drew, it's always good to talk to you, man. Keep up the fight in California. I know it's hard, but let's get you back on the show again real soon
1: you too Andy. god bless you it's always a joy to talk to a conservative living in this communist bastion in california hey
0: little by little we'll uh we'll continue to try and bring some reason out there i love it and uh, appreciate you drew keep up the fight because i know that you are outnumbered vastly out there that does it for us today podcast going up in just a little bit show back at it on monday make sure to stay tuned in we have a heck of a laundry list of guests for you on monday until then be your own voice of reason it's time for you to speak up speak out speak loud speak proud speak the truth and always speak some reason have a great weekend